Hey, this is Doug Swink sitting here with Dan Seaborn at Winning at Home. Thank you so much for picking up this resource among the millions, millions of, of resources that you could have chosen. You chose this one and you made a wise choice because this is why we're staying married for life. And Dan, I got to tell you, one of the things I know that you and I are a lot alike in this, when I see a couple that's been married for 30 50, 60 years like Sean's grandma and grandpa. Wow. I am amazed and in awe of those people who have been married that long. Well, and I think in our society, when you see it, it's it's an amazing thing. And Doug, you know, we do the legacy dinner here at Winning at Home with couples who have been married over 50 years. And when they all show up, we have like 75 couples last time, when they all show up, I'm just amazed at the fact how many years are represented a marriage by 75 couples married 50 years that's a lot that is incredible. and so we know you can stay married for life and let us begin this little recording by telling you we're not going to fill it up with disclaimers <laughs> uh, doug we just said and talked about this in the world we live in when you say something oh this group's offended that group is offended and i just got a letter this week from someone i mean it was really straight up about how bad it is and why anyone would ever start a program called married for life because that's not a good thing yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm sorry, I'm not going to stop believing in what I believe in, which I think is biblical, just because I got a few people complaining. And so let me just right up front say to you, if we say something on this CD that offends you, then just try to bleep that out next time you listen to it, because we're not going to fill it up with disclaimers. And we're not going to say I'm sorry. Yeah, well, <laughs> we are. We will if we well, Let's start out let's by start saying out, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> there we go. Yes, we're we sorry. got it out of the way. Anything that you're offended by, we're sorry right now, and we can but jump Doug, in. But Doug, we believe people can stay married for life. Absolutely. And I believe it's biblical. Dan, one of the cool things to me, when you and I speak, and you know, when you have that couple that you say, hey, if you've been married for X amount of years, yeah. and the couple has been married 30, 50 years, what do people do? They start clapping yeah. because people respect. They still, regardless of what our culture says, regardless of what the movies and Hollywood say, people still respect that commitment of marriage. And we're not going to apologize for that. No, that's right. And I believe that today, as we share with you some principles that will help you stay married for life, that you're going to enjoy it. You're going to have fun with it. There's going to be some funny stuff here and some serious stuff. And let me just remind you, if you're in a relationship today and you're married, you're very blessed. I mean, I certainly know there are some of you who are in circumstances that are not healthy. And that's why we do these type of CDs, because we want to give you guidance. And if you're in an abusive relationship, get out of it one way or the other. Call the police. Call us. Let us give you guidance and give you protection but for most of us we're in a relationship whether it's healthy or not we're in a relationship and that's huge doug i i tell the story of this lady she passed away and she was a single lady and when she died she had left a specific thing in her will and it, it was this that all the pallbearers at her wedding had to be females which is very unusual you know and then they asked why and she had written in her will that you know no guy would take her out when she was alive so they weren't going <laughs> to take her out when she was dead <laughs> and so i want you to know today if you're in a relationship if you've gone out if you're now in marriage you're blessed. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we don't see that. Yep. And so this CD is going to be an effort to tell you how to stay married once you get married for life. And, you know, Dan, I think adding to what you said, not only not only the people that maybe are in strained relationships, but even for those those people who have a great relationship, you know, we can always learn. There's always the opportunity to grow. And I think you've said this, I say this, the problem comes in when we get stagnant, when we hit that sweet spot and think we're always going to be there. 
Well, all of us who have been married for six months know we're not going to stay in the honeymoon. Yeah. So we need these kind of things to keep on growing, whether times are tough or we're in the sweet spot right now. I need this information so that I can stay married for life. Well, this morning, uh, ironically, I was talking with a gentleman whose daughter is facing a pretty imminent second divorce. And it's a very difficult situation. And before she got married that second time, man, she had done a lot of work, a lot of checking into the guy and spent some time with him. But there were some things there that were obvious, but she kind of said, you know what, it'll be okay. We'll work through those, et cetera. And I'm sure there are many listeners today that can identify with that. They got married thinking this is what it's going to be, but it's turned out something else. And I want you to know that you are listening to one of those people. I thought when I got married, it was just going to be a piece of cake, man. And, you know, the differences that Jane and I had, we'd work through those. And let me proudly tell you that we are nearing the 10,000-day mark in our marriage. And I celebrate that because, you know, as I, as I think about it, Doug, most people who get married in our society right now are also probably getting divorced between 365 days and 500 days. A lot of marriages are ending in the first year or just after the first year. And... What I want to do today is tell you how Jane and I have made it past the 365, the 500, the 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, and we're nearing 10,000. And I want to share some of the principles because yesterday I took the day and listened to some of the things that I've talked about 10 years ago in recording and some principles of oneness that I shared and some some marriage tune-up ideas I did. And I was actually mowing the lawn and thinking about those things because that's where I think best is outside. And I began to dwell on what really is it? I mean, I've got in my palm here, I've got this thing called happy marriage, 30 ideas to stay married for life. I've got tons of things we could go over. But I thought to myself, what really is it that's kept us together? Why have we stayed married to this point? And I'm not out of the woods yet. I understand that. But what's kept us married for life? And I want to share some of those principles. I want to tell you the first one, Doug, that's so huge to me that I talk about it with Jane a lot. On our walk yesterday, I brought it up. I ask Jane this all the time because it's where it all starts. Do you have a soft heart? We so far in our marriage, through the thick and the thin, the good and the ugly, we have been able to keep soft hearts toward each other. Now, that hasn't been easy. There have been times that mine's been hard, and it's been hard longer than it should have. But eventually... I was able to soften, and I was able to break things down. You know, this happened to us just two days ago where we had what you could have called a hard heart moment. And it was easy for me to want to say, well, I'm right here, and I'm just not going to give in. But the Bible reminds me, and Moses said, the reason we have divorce in our society is because we have hard hearts. I mean, it's what it comes down to is there are hard hearts in individuals. And it may be today that you're listening and you've been through a divorce and you never want to go through one again. I celebrate that in you, that you desired to stay married for life. And I want you to know you can't soften someone else's heart. Only the Lord can do that. So probably the biggest thing I would say to you today is pray about having a soft heart and pray about keeping a soft heart. It makes me think of something because I think I know how I am. And even you saying it, you had that moment with Jane where you're like, I'm right here. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of us are that way. So can you tell me and help us understand, how do I know if I have a hard heart? Well, I, I can tell you how the Lord showed me that. I had a specific incident happen to me one time <laughs> where the Lord put in perspective a lot of the things that I get caught up in and get a hard heart over. We were driving to Petoskey. It's our favorite place to go. 
even if you're listening to this CD and you heard it before, let me tell it again. Which Petoskey's Northern Michigan. Northern Michigan, our favorite place to go together, et cetera. Well, on the way there, as happens many times with couples, uh, you're getting away, you're finally getting a break from the kids or whatever, and we're driving there, and this wasn't many years ago at all. We're driving to Petoskey, and we get into a pretty tough argument. And it's one of those deals where she's sitting and she's looking out her window, and I'm wanting to look out my window, but i got to look ahead because I'm driving. But just so frustrating. You know, inside, just so tense, et cetera. And we were driving through a thunderstorm, and I was so angry that I could have probably bit a nail in half. And I'm not talking about one of those little penny nails. I'm talking about one of them sucker nails. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're driving down the road, and I'm, I'm that angry. And a bolt of lightning hit the left rear bumper of our car. I'm not talking about hit over in the tree area. No, no. It hit the stinking car because I felt it. And and it was one of those, you know, they say you can tell how far lightning is away because you hear the flash and then right. you wait for the thunder. Right. I heard the thunder first. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, there's thunder. Oh, and then there's a strike of lightning. And it, it literally petrified me. And it was like the Lord said to me, I could have taken you right now. I mean, it could be over. If that was six feet ahead of where I put it on your left bumper, you'd be done. And is this thing you're mad at, Jane, about really worth it? You got a hard heart. Are you willing to soften it, or do I need to bring one more? One, <laughs> do I need to bring one more strike? I'm <laughs> a little like, no, closer. No, I'm all good. <laughs> yeah. And I said to Jane, I said, honey, um, I think the Lord's trying to say something to me. I'm really sorry. And so you ask, how can you tell? Here's how I'd say to you. If you died right now, with what you think you deserve to have in your hard heart, okay? Whatever the issue is between you and your spouse, and you say, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to give in. I'm not going to let it go. I'm not. Okay, if you died right now and you got to the pearly gates, would you be going, man, that was worth hanging on to. Mm. I am so glad that I stayed ticked off over that because it was worth it. Because the bottom line is there's, there's just almost nothing worth it. The only thing worth it is your salvation in Christ. So most of the things that Jane and I fight about, and when I say fight, I don't mean fist fight. That's right. wrong and inappropriate. Never do that. But, you know, argue. The, the things that we argue about are pretty trivial. Absolutely. Dumb stuff. And I would tell you that, I, you know, I haven't done a survey of it, but I bet you 99.999% of the reason people get divorced, maybe in 100, is dumb stuff. And I'm starting off today by telling you, Jane and I have been able to stay married because we check on each other's hearts. Now, I've, I've had a hard one for two or three days. I'm not going to lie. I've had moments where I just like, I'm not going to give in on that. But eventually I do because of moments like that where the Lord shows me, Whatever it is you're dilly-dallying and worrying about, it's just not going to ever it's not going to ever pass. You need to just say this isn't worth holding a grudge over. And Doug, you know, there's a verse of scripture that kind of sums up a little bit of what I'm saying here. It says in Ephesians 4, make every effort to keep the unity of spirit through the bond of peace. Now, I want you to think about that. Make every effort. It doesn't say make a big effort. Right. You know, give it a good shot so that when you get divorced, you can say, I gave it a good shot. Now, again, those of you listening today, we said we aren't going to do disclaimers. But if you're listening and you went through a divorce and you didn't choose it, I'm on your side, man. You, you did your best to try to keep a bond of peace. But those of you who are in marriage right now, if you've got something that you could do, if you could make some effort to restore and help your marriage, then the Bible says you need to do that because it says make every effort to keep that peace in the home. And that's hard. That's challenging. I don't like it. And, and the crazy thing is I know that I'm going to have a chance this week 
to make sure my heart's soft. And it's not easy to do that. It's a lot easier to harden your heart. It's a lot easier to say, forget it, I want to deal with it. But if you're listening today and you know that you have a hard heart on any issue, you got to soften it. You, you don't have a choice if you want to stay married for life. One of the things I, I know that you do and one of the things that I've had to learn, I think every couple has to learn, is those key words, I'm sorry. And in our pride, we have such a hard time going back. And the Bible says, as far as it concerns you, be at peace with all men. Yeah. As far as it concerns you, that means doing exactly what you said. Make every effort, everything that I can do to be at peace. And that starts at home. It does. And one of the things that, that I've learned, and when I do premarital counseling, I talk with these couples and I tell them, like 97% of the stuff that you argue about you won't remember in a week. No. You won't remember what you argued about, no. but you will argue about it right now yeah. as if it was national security. And we look at it a week later and go, what, what, what were you arguing about sure, last yeah. week, hunt? And and to look at it and say, it isn't worth it. Right. It isn't. To, and that's where it took a long time for me to learn that because I'm hard-headed to look at it and go, we're not, it's not worth arguing well, about Well, let, let me give you a specific way as a listener you can go and find out how you're doing in this area. And this is something I did, and I don't know if you've ever done it with Sean, but I did this with Jane, and I didn't tell her. I kept in my office a list of all the things we argue about without telling her. So if we had an argument during the day, I'd go in my office and write down on a piece of paper. So at the end of the month, I looked back over this list. There were like 16, 17 things on it. And I looked at that list of things, and not one of them. I mean... If I brought it in here and showed it to you today, I mean, we argued about, like, the neighbor's dog had come over in our yard and used the restroom. <laughs> yeah. And we got in an argument over that. We argued over she broke her nail on something. We got into an argument over that. And I'm looking at this list of things going, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, how dumb am I? And how silly is this? And those are the things. That list keeps building. See, there are people listening right now going, oh, I, yeah, you don't understand the list of things that we've argued. Yeah, I do, because I got one, too. And what I have to keep doing is checking my heart and evaluating, is this worth it? So as a listener, what I would say to you is start making a list of the things you're arguing about. Then at the end of the month, really talk about it as a couple and go, is this stuff silly or is it really worth hanging on to? Now, if there's something on the list that's of eternal value, which I'm going to guess there's not, right, <laughs> but if right. there is, then talk about that. But the rest of that stuff you got to let go. Let it go. Well, Elwood Tallman's a great mentor of mine, you know, a gentleman who has just been a great role model for me. And he said that to me one time. He's older, and, and I was riding with him in the car. I said, Elwood, if you could give me one piece of advice, only one, it'd be the only one you can give me about marriage, what would it be? And he said, let stuff go. Hmm. That's all he said, let stuff go. And that comes down to having a soft heart. And my question for you is this. If today you had to draw a picture of your heart, I gave you a piece of paper, and I said, draw me. Is your heart soft? And I'm not sure what a soft heart would look like, <laughs> a big old flat ball. But if you had to draw a picture of your heart, even mentally, what's it like? If 10's the hardest and one's the softest, where's your heart at? Mm -hmm. And and if you can say you're, uh, you know, the soft part is one, two, or three, man, I think you've got great hope at staying married for life. If you've got a 9 or 10 hardness in your heart, it's going to be a long year for you. Maybe putting a twist on that would be to evaluate yourself and then go to your spouse yeah. and ask that question. One is soft, 10 is hard. 
Give me a rating. Give me a rating. Tell me where you think I am in this. I think that's a great idea. And, and have a soft heart if they give you a higher rating. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, because your heart might harden even more. And then ask them, what is it about me that yeah. makes you rate me at this level? Yeah. And, 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 and just listen. listen. Don't get defensive. Right. Don't don't get a hard heart about it. Right. Listen to what they say and make the adjustments because that's how we stay married for life. It is, Doug. And, you know, again, yesterday I told you I spent the day thinking about all this stuff. And I could say 30 things here today. But I'll tell you. I'm only going to say a few, but this is one of them, and it's the biggest. Have a soft heart. You'll make it in life, you'll make it in your marriage, and you'll make it as a family if you have a soft heart. Because as soon as you don't, you're done for. Absolutely. As I thought yesterday about what it is that Jane and I have done to keep our marriage together, this is another really big one. This is really, really big. Get ready to write it down. Get ready to write it down. It's this. We're honest with each other. When I first say that, I think, that just sounds so cheesy, so silly. No, we're really honest with each other. Jane really knows my biggest weaknesses. She knows my biggest struggles. And I can't say she knew that 365 days into it because hmm. I was afraid to tell her. Yeah, I was embarrassed of my weaknesses. I was embarrassed of my struggles. I was embarrassed of my sins in my life. Even though I'm embarrassed of them and I want to keep improving and asking God to give me peace and more purity, I will willingly tell her where I'm weak, mm. and she'll do the same with me. I, I was amazed just two nights ago when Jane said something to me and said, can you pray for me about this issue because I'm really struggling here, and she said it, and I was like, baby, you, you wouldn't have even admitted you had that in your life when we first got married. So over the years, our honesty with each other has just been awesome. Doug, I can look at you in the eye here today and tell you there's not anything Jane doesn't know about me. That's a good feeling. There are so many couples who are living with so many secrets. And when you live with secrets, it keeps you from intimacy with the person because there's always that fear that if they really knew what I was like, if I really told them the truth about me, would they want me? Would they stay with me? Because, see, when you're dating, you only show the good stuff. When I was dating Jane, man, she thought, this guy is just a bundle of joy. I mean, does he ever stop laughing? Does he ever not have fun? Well, of course, because I'm only with you a couple hours a day, and I'm wanting to win you over. Right. But guess what? You marry me, I drop the other half on you. Right. And I think that's what a lot of couples now are living with. They never even see that first half anymore. And now they've got all these things in their life, and there's dishonesty going on. There's adultery. I mean, the number of people who are, are going out on their spouse behind their backs increasing like crazy. I think 17% of women admit they've gone out on their husband. 25% of men admit they've gone out on their wife. When you're living with those type of secrets, it's going to be very detrimental and very difficult to stay married for life. And you put on top of that, that 17 and 25% represent the people, A, who admit it, and B, mm-hmm. who have actually physically gone out well what about the huge percentage of people who are looking at stuff on the computer mentally in chat rooms Mm -hmm. who are you know building something inappropriate exactly and i look at this whole idea of being honest with each other that's a tough place to get because i think there are guys especially guys on the other side of the spectrum who look at things and go well you know what she doesn't need to know that. Right. She doesn't need to know this thing. And they're fooling themselves thinking right. this isn't a big deal. She doesn't oh, yeah. need to know this. Or or I told her the truth. I just didn't tell her everything because she didn't need to know exactly. all that. Exactly. And on the other side, there are women saying, hey, well, my husband's not doing that for me, so I'm going to pick up that need from that man. And this guy at the office meets this need for me or this neighbor. I talk with him and he takes care of that. And all those things are detrimental. Now, 
you say, but Dan, my husband won't do that, and my wife won't do that with me. That's why we're doing this particular CD, because we'd like for you to say to your spouse, can you put this in your player in your car, and as you're driving down the road, will you listen? And I'm just saying to all of you today, if you want to stay married for life, now, see, there are some saying, well, I don't. Well, you're not going to. But if you do want to stay married for life and you want to turn this thing around and you want your marriage to be going in the right direction and you want to stay married 10,000 plus days, then you got to be willing to keep being honest with your spouse. And it's a slow process. Jane and I did not get there overnight, but slowly by talking, by sharing at what I've shared here before at our no holes barred night where she can say anything she wants to say. And I promise her I won't get mad. I mean, it's the coolest thing. We do it once a year, at least once a year, where I say to your baby, you can say, anything you want to say to me that you've been kind of worried about saying or whatever, I'll just listen. It's so nice. Yeah. And most couples don't ever have that. They know that if I said that right there, it's going to trigger the end. And if you'll give your spouse the freedom to be honest with you, to say stuff that maybe you don't even want to hear, but here's the reality. It's there anyway. You may not know about it, but it's there. And if it's there and you don't know about it, you can never improve it. You can never deal with it. And we're ones who believe that with proper counseling, if you deal with the issues that are there and you're honest with each other, things can improve. Dan, what, what do you tell a couple who's listening to this and saying, man, I want that. I want that honesty in our relationship. And I got a couple things in my life I am scared to tell because we can do that no holds barred night. But I know that he's going to say, I, I can't believe you have that in your life. Or she's going to say, you did what? Right. And I'm afraid they're going to walk away. And I think there's a lot of couples out there who say, Dan, I can't do that. No doubt. I understand that. That's why I said to you, this is a process. You know, I sometimes, if I speak at a men's event, for example, I say to them, now don't go home and unload all those things on your wife tonight. She's going to be like, wow, what a men's event. You yeah. did that to destroy us, you know? And I get that. But what I'm saying to you is with a counselor, with help, I mean, counselors scare people. And, and I don't know why, because, you know, a lot of them are my friends, right. and I sit down and talk to them all the time because they're just people trying to give you guidance. So if you're listening to this saying, I'd like to do that, I'd like to get to the next level, seek out a counselor who you can talk to this stuff about. But let me say to you, again, one of the reasons we did this CD was give this CD to your spouse and say to them, when it gets to that part about honesty, I just need to talk to you. And I'm telling you, listen to me, as a speaker, as a guy that does this for a living, as a guy who leads winning at home, as a guy who has more flaws than a Yugo, I think that's Rick Riley said that, more flaws than a 1986 Yugo. That's what I feel like. Um, let me tell you that I have done this, and it was hard. I thought Jane would walk out on me. I thought she would say, I don't want you anymore, et cetera, et cetera. But because we were willing to be honest, and I said, I'll commit to grow, and I'll commit to improve, and that was my purpose. My purpose wasn't to try to blow her out of the water. It was to tell her, I got some stuff I, I'm afraid to tell you, and I'm embarrassed to tell you. And I think that as you are more honest and truthful, then you really do develop a love relationship. I, I was thinking of that driving here today, Doug, to the studio going, I really love that woman. Mm. And I don't just love her for her outward beauty, which is a big deal to me. I love her for her inward beauty. That, that's what I love the most. And this may sound morbid to people, but I was actually thinking about today, the day that comes for one of us to pass on or something happens. Man, I hope I go first because I want to miss that girl if she were to leave because I've developed – I don't want to go do all this over again with somebody else. Right. I mean, I've got the woman that I want to keep growing intimate with. And, and I'm just telling you, 
you're going to experience another level as you do deal with those issues. And again, seek help, seek a counselor, seek guidance, be honest, give freedom, have soft hearts. That's why checking on, you can't do this if, if one doesn't have a soft heart. If one's right. got, I need to tell you everything. I've got a soft heart. The Lord's really showing me. I need to tell you all this stuff. And the other one's going, well, go ahead and tell me. <laughs> I'm sitting here with a hard heart. I'm going to nail you. And then if Jane didn't come back and say, well, babe, I'm not perfect either. Let me tell you some things about my life. Well, that helps. So as you go back and forth and say, what are the issues we need to work on? What are the issues that we struggle with? And in reality, in our marriage, and maybe this would be great for some of you ladies who are listening to hear, I probably have 98% of the flaws and she's got 2%. So she's had to be willing to listen to more junk than I've had to be willing to listen to. And I think that as you give that freedom and that honesty, that's huge. And, and I have some friends who will not tell their wives the truth because they're afraid that she's going to get angry and won't like them anymore, et cetera. And so I totally understand that. But I believe if you'll take the step, seek some help, seek some guidance, you can even go to our website. We have a place there for you to ask questions. If you want to ask a question of a way to do it or get an idea, we'll give our best guidance that we can. We are flawed people trying to help other flawed people. <laughs> and uh, as we give you guidance, I believe that that can be a big help to you. But being honest, Doug, I'm, I'm sorry. It came down to just a few little things that, of course, the Christ factor. I'm going to mention all that in the end here. But the reality is there's a lot of people who claim Jesus who aren't honest with each other. Right. There's a lot of people who claim Jesus who do not have soft hearts. I know this because the divorce rate in the church is higher than in the world. So I'm just saying... Hey, straight up talk here. Soft hearts and being honest are two huge things. I think the more you do it, the easier it gets. Mm, mm, There's some, you, you've got to swallow hard. Mm. <laughs> I just did. Go buy a glass of water. <laughs> you got to swallow hard and just put it out there. There's a faith step there. Put it on the table. Work through it. And, and once it's all out there, then you can deal with the little stuff yeah. along the way. And yeah. it just gets easier than it does trying to keep that big lie hidden behind the wall. Because it's going to come up somewhere yeah, at some is. time. It really is. Doug, let me give you an, another thing that I kind of felt like was a big issue that we've tried to do in our marriage that was helpful. So far, we've talked about having soft hearts. We have talked about being honest with each other. And then third, this is a really big one for us. We had to learn how to celebrate our differences. That's kind of an oxymoron for me. Celebrate differences. But you know what? In the culture we live in, it works out great. Diversity is awesome for everybody. That's good. That's good. But, you know, when we would go out on a date... She would say things like, man, we're just so different than each other in that area. And I would say something like, isn't that cool? I mean, it's so neat that you're one way and I'm another. This is so fun. <laughs> and then you get married. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you so stinking different? Yeah. What is your problem? Why can't you be more like me? You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. funny that when we're dating, it was awesome. Right. And when we got married, it was trouble brewing because she wanted to go to bed at a different time than me. She wanted to watch a different TV show. She didn't even want to share toothbrushes. <laughs> there were so many things that we were just so different in. Right. And, oh, it started ticking me off. And then you start saying things like, I married the wrong person. I mean, how could I not see all these things in her that are flaws? When reality is, she's just different than me. Right. And we have had to learn to celebrate those differences. And that's not easy. It comes down to me saying, okay, Jane sees life at a whole different angle. I mean, th this just happened. Oh, we just drove as a whole family over to take one of our children to kind of start their career and their life. And where we dropped them off, I was looking thinking, man, this is cool. This is a nice setting here. I mean, it's not perfect, but what a good first place to start. 
And she came to me. We were at the house. All our kids were there. And she came to me privately, and she goes, I could burst into tears right now. And I'm like, well, what's wrong? She goes, this is the most awful thing I've ever seen all my life. And I'm thinking, this is nice. What are you doing? And so I had to back up and go, okay, through her eyes, what she's seeing here is not what I'm seeing. Right. And I had to go, okay, I celebrate this difference. I celebrate this difference. How can I help her? What can I do? And I spent the next 48-plus hours working at ways to try to help her understand this is going to be okay, and everything's going to work out. And now notice that I'm 10,000 days into it doing this, okay? Right. So if you heard me telling this story and going, yeah, well, he's talking about when he was first married. Nope. I'm telling you that still today we have to work at celebrating our differences. So don't ever think that you're going to get to a place in your marriage where you don't have issues. It's just not going to happen. See, I think a lot of people get married thinking, well, we'll work through it the first few years, and then you know, once we cross and get past that one big mm, then we're going to be fine. It never comes. It never comes. You will always see things different. I bet you will argue over the retirement home she's going to put me in. I mean, that's <laughs> just part of the deal. We don't see things the same way. And I think when couples can understand we're different and I need to figure out how to celebrate that, how to, how to find the positive in it, that's going to make a big difference. And I look at that and I think a lot of the problems that married couples face is when they fail to change because of the diversity. They look at it and they say, you need to become more like me. I'm going to stay who I am. And the reality is if we don't change, we become stagnant. And when we become stagnant, that's when you start hearing couples saying, well, she's not the person that I married. Well, of course right. she's not the person right. that I married. She's different now. you know. And, and I mean, we need to look at our marriages and realize, as you're saying, celebrate the diversity. I want Sean to know, I appreciate the diversity because if she is like me, we would be really right. messed up. Right. It's the things that are the strengths in her that help me. And like you said, I know one of the things you say that Jane loved about you was you were fun. Fun, yeah. You're a great time mm-hmm. because Jane has maybe more of a tendency to be a little bit more serious. Absolutely. Be maybe be very, behind very the practical. scenes. Yeah. And yeah. Sean's the same way. Yeah. And I love that about her. She lets me be up front, lets me get in trouble for saying stupid things. Right. And she stands in back and laughs at me. So Well, one of the things I thought would be good to do here, Doug, for the listeners' sake, would be to help them walk through how to celebrate a difference. So I'm going to ask you, what's an area where you and Sean are different? And let me just kind of ask you some questions about it and see how you maybe could turn it into something positive. But think of something right now that honestly is a, oh, you're, I, 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 I was going to give you a second, but obviously you're no, like us. It doesn't take long for us. <laughs> what you got? Well, the fun is, I love this about her, but I tend to be an I optimist. Love, you start out with, I love this about I, her. I do. I tend to be an optimist. Which and she is a realist. Where I look at it and I say, I say, honey, I'll be home in ten minutes. And yeah. She's like, all right, I'll see you in a half an hour. Right. <laughs> you know, and and more times than not, that woman is right. Yeah, and so you get home a half an hour, and you said ten minutes. And have you ever had an argument about that? Uh, not an argument. But she's told me it's a little frustrating to sure, her. Sure, sure. So what's happened for you to go? Okay. If I see it from her angle, et cetera, she is more accurate. Mm-hmm. You would probably be late to appointments if you said, I'll see you in five minutes. You'll be there in 15. And right. you got frustrated people. So actually, like you just said, you've gained some wisdom and insight. Because if you were married to another woman who was even more late than you right. and you said five, she went to 45 minutes, then the whole world's pretty much mad at you. Exactly. <laughs> so Sean's basically, with her difference in you, has kept you closer to being accurate there and probably saved you in some circumstances absolutely yep and that's what i'm talking about when we understand like you just said there's some benefits to those differences 
That's awesome. So what I'd like for the listener to do is this. Say to your spouse today, where's an area that you think of for us that you think we're different? Write that down and then sit down and write the pros and cons you've learned from each other. And it will help you do what we just did here. You will start going, oh, where I've typically viewed that as a real negative thing. There's actually some things there to celebrate because they are different. They've covered me in a couple of scenarios and situations. And so I think if we could learn to do that more, it's awesome. Now, it's not easy sometimes for me to admit that to Jane. Like there have been times because she's different than me, I know that she's helped me. But I don't say it out loud to her. I just kind of go, no, if I tell her that, then she's going to feel like she won. And, and it's going to look like her way is the best way. Right. So you don't say it because, you know, or you go, yeah, I know, I know. You try to bring it. Yeah, I know, I know. No. Take time to actually say to your spouse, thanks for being different than me in that area because it actually has. I, I don't like to have to even admit this, but you've actually helped me. And see, that goes back to soft heart. Absolutely. You can say that to them if you're going I'm not one-upping you here. I'm not keeping a record of, of who's winning. I just am benefiting from you, and I need to tell you. And I, I know for me, too, one of the things that I've done is even to go so far as say, I really appreciate that about you because you have made me a better person. And, and the funny thing about it is, is it's circular. The more I compliment her, the more she's going to want to compliment me. And I know not everybody's that way, but it does. It even goes as far as to help us to develop that soft heart. It develops the soft heart in me, and it develops the soft heart in my spouse when I'm the one who is celebrating and appreciating those differences. Well, let's kind of pull this whole thing together, Doug. Uh, we could go over a continuing list here, but I want to kind of come down to the thing that I know Jane and I have done that really sums up our relationship. I'm going to have you read Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. I've used this sometimes at uh, wedding ceremonies. Obviously, many of you will know this passage as soon as Doug begins to read it. But it's something that I think Jane and I have experienced. And if I could tell you, it's the one thing above everything else that's held us together. This is it. So just read that passage. Doug, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Here's what it says. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. And if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. And that third strand, in our case, in our relationship, it's Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, Doug, when I sit down with couples, whether they believe in Christ, don't believe in Christ, etc., I always just talk to them about, how many's in your party here? Is it a party of two or is it a party of three? Mm. Because really understanding what it means to have a great marriage comes down to understand you've got to weave Christ into that particular relationship. And if you don't, let me just say it again, it seems almost redundant, but if you don't weave Christ into your home, you will not keep soft hearts. You will not be able to be honest with each other. You will not even celebrate your differences. You're going to continue to struggle because Christ is the hope. If Jane and I could tell anyone in the world, and we sometimes have opportunity, if we could say there's one thing that's kept our marriage together, it's the fact that we seek Christ together in prayer every day. Every day. We did it again yesterday. We did it actually several times yesterday. When we take a walk, we pray. When we lay down at night, we pray. When we get in the car to drive somewhere, we pray because mm -hmm. We try to weave the strand of Christ into our relationship all the time. It's not a Sunday thing for us. It's not a when you happen to go to a worship service thing for us. It is a relationship for us. And we believe that by weaving Christ in on a daily basis, praying to him, seeking him, asking him to be a part of our home, we can make a difference. Doug, you do the 221 premarital conference. We believe that if we can get young couples to buy into the philosophy, that Christ in the relationship will keep them together. How great 
to weave that in the very first strand. But some of you listening today, you've never even prayed together. You, you've been married 10 years, and it really has been two strands. Oh, you go to church, but you've never really woven Christ into your home. I would encourage you to do that. In, in fact, I would say this to you. I do it at some wedding ceremonies. If you really want to kind of mentally get this picture, you and your husband, you and your wife, get three strands of rope and just weave it together and hang it somewhere in the bathroom, wherever you can see it, and just start going, how are we doing trying to implement Christ into our life on a regular basis. Do you invite him to be a part of your life when you wake up in the morning in the bathroom together talking? Do you invite him to be a part when you're getting dressed together, going out on a date? Do you invite him to be part of your life when your husband's away on a trip, you're away on a trip, and they're back home by themselves? Do you invite him just to be a part of your life? Because Jane and I have chosen to do that, and I would tell you it's why we're married for life, because Christ is a part. Of who we are. Dan, I think there's a lot of people who would look at it and go, come on, that's ridiculous. You don't pray that much. And, and the reality is, you and I both know prayer is the greatest source of strength in our mm. marriages. I love what that verse says. It says the one may be overpowered. Two can defend yeah. themselves. Yeah. Two can defend themselves. That means that they're in a defensive position. But the cord of three strands is the one that will not be broken. Right. And I look at that and it's like, I don't want to just be in a defensive position all my life. I want to live the life that Christ came and died for when he said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full, to overflowing. And I look at it and think, I just recently did a marriage retreat. And the biggest challenge I gave to those couples the very first night, I said, here's what I want to give you. If you don't get anything right. from this, it's this. You need to pray together. Yes, yeah, huge, Doug. And what was awesome to me is uh, I was at church that Sunday speaking at the church, and I I heard one of the men talking to one of the pastors at this church, and he said, I prayed with my wife last night for the first time in 15 years. That's awesome. I know there are people who are out there who say, Dan, you don't understand. I, I can't pray in front of my wife. Right. Yes, you can. Get over yourself. We're not saying it has to be the Lord's Prayer. We're not saying you have to use Christianese language. Just share your heart. Just Two, three senses. Pray a blessing over your wife. Pray for your husband as he goes off to work. That's all it is. Start right there. Start praying because that is the greatest thing. That's the greatest investment. It's the greatest anything that you can do for your marriage is prayer. And, Doug, you know, let me say, because just to give you an example, there are some people I'm sure who pray a really long time. Jane and I don't pray long periods of time. We pray rather a lot of short prayers. We do it this time and that time, walking. We just invite Christ to be a part of our life a lot. Because we're constantly getting feedback about our kids or our life or things that are going on. And we just pray about it. If somebody calls and says, hey, so-and-so, dealing with something at the hospital, stop and pray for them a second. You know, and I would not say that if you hung out at my house, you'd go, whoa, those are some super spiritual people. We, we don't come across that way, I hope. Right, right. Because we're just, we're just Christians who love the Lord, and we're trying to follow him in the little daily things of life. And it's not always perfect, but we invite him to be a part of it. And, Doug, you know, Scripture to me, some people say the Bible's antiquated and just doesn't make sense anymore. Well, what a great verse to realize those three strands aren't easily broken. And I can give you a way. If you want to do something as a husband and wife, it's kind of fun. Try this. A piece of yarn, probably most people have it laying around their house or whatever. Get one piece of yarn, put it in your hand, you know, make it a couple of feet long, wrap it in your hand, and see if you can break it. And I'm just going to tell you, you can Take two pieces, do the same thing. You'll probably break it. It's going to hurt a little. But wrap a third strand. Just yarn. I'm not talking about some big rope here. Just take three pieces of yarn, wrap them together, put it in your hand a couple feet apart, and try to break it. It's going to hurt. I'm just telling you, it'll, it'll cut into your hand before it breaks. And the reason is because three strands is not easily broken. Well, your marriage by itself, just one person saying, I'm going I'm to go for Christ. I'm, I'm going to make this thing work. It's going to be tough. It's a lot easier to break. There are plenty of people going, hey, I'm testimony to that. 
uh, two of you. Can you be a couple married in this world and stay together? You can. You can. But I don't think you'll ever experience what you really are experiencing, and your odds of divorce are going to greatly increase. But three strands makes a big difference. And I'm just challenging you today to, to go and pray with your spouse for the first time. Hold their hand. I tell you what. Doug, we ought to do that right now. Why don't you pray a first prayer for a couple, and then you finish with a—let's finish this CD this way. As you finish in prayer, just kind of leave it empty so that the husband and wife could continue the prayer and close it out. So you're actually going to close out—it just came to us in this brilliant— <laughs> uh, you're actually going to close out this CD. We're going to say bye now. See you later. Have, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. But you go ahead and start praying, and then when you finish, just stop, and we'll let them finish the prayer. The first time as a couple. That's awesome. Heavenly Father, we do come before you and thank you so much for this gift that you have given to us. And I know that that there are times when I have maybe looked at Sean and not seen her as that awesome gift that you have given to me. But the fact remains that you have blessed me, fulfilled me, overwhelmed me with my wife. And Lord, I thank you for that. I praise you for that. And Father, I pray for the, the individual and the couple that is listening to this right now. Mm-hmm. Father, I pray your blessing over them right now. I think yes. of, of your blessing that you gave to the children of Israel. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Mm-hmm. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Yes. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And I pray that for these couples and I pray that they would pray that for each other. Lord, let today be the beginning whether they've been married for a week or they've been married for 50, 60, 70 years, may today be the beginning Amen. of that awesome journey of marriage together to where they're staying married for life. God bless them, I pray. Now, why don't you take a moment, grab your spouse by the hands, and you two pray together for your marriage and make the commitment to stay married for life.